Beyond the Touchline. Welcome to EWN Sports Rugby World Cup podcast, Beyond the Touchline. In the next five episodes of this mini-series, we'll take you through some of the experiences of both past and present Springbok rugby players. I'm Michael Pedro. And my name is Ahmed Kaji. This series will give insight into what the players are feeling and how ready they are ahead of the Rugby World Cup, which starts on Friday. I'm exceptionally excited, especially considering South Africa's first game. Yeah, many people saying that South Africa against New Zealand is sort of the official opening of the World Cup. But of course, the first game involves the host nation, Japan. Uh, They'll be up against Russia, which is on Friday. So that is also a very interesting game to look forward to. But many people, rightly so, in South Africa will have their eye on that first game against New Zealand. Japan have obviously had their fair share of special moments coming to think about it. There was the South African victory back in 2015, which uh, is still in folklore in uh, Japanese rugby as well as in South African rugby. And then when it comes to the South African-New Zealand game, we still have the iconic 1995 World Cup moments. So it seems that heading into the first two days of the World Cup, there's just iconic moments all over the place. Speaking of iconic moments, that's exactly what this first episode is about. We'll take you on a journey through some of the moments over the years that have stood out for the players that we've interviewed, both past and present. Some of moments that have maybe stood out for you, Ahmed? I think given the fact that I wasn't, uh, I think I was just a few months old in 1995, but given the fact that everyone has spoken about it, we've seen the games, the highlights on TV, how what it means to the country. There's always 1995, Ellis Park, the fact that it was at home. But um, from an overall performance perspective, I think Percy Montgomery in 2007 mm. was amazing. I think his entire performance in the final against England, uh, his calm demeanor throughout. And this obviously doesn't take away from the fact that he's pretty good looking as I think <laughs> Prince Charming was probably based on him. Yeah, <laughs> Looking at pictures, uh, I tend to not disagree with that. Uh, but for me, obviously, any moment that involves South Africa is special being South African and watching these guys do what they do on the world stage under so much pressure is something to really behold Percy Montgomery's performance especially in that 2007 final against England was something special I think for me other than a moment that is related to the Springboks uh, it would have to be Johnny Wilkinson's drop goal uh, against Australia in 2003 I mean extra time in a World Cup final 17 all the score was locked at in extra time I think there was maybe about 30 seconds left before the final hooter in extra time and a left-footed kicker putting over a right-footed drop goal from just outside the 22 is, is something that is iconic and that English rugby fans and the English public in general have been speaking about for years and rightly so because it was the first time that a team outside of the southern hemisphere had run had won the rugby world cup and to do it in that fashion as well i think made it just that little bit more special all the drama and the hype around that world cup as well and then the drama of the final itself going to extra time was just something that i don't think we're going to see very often or maybe maybe ever again, especially the way modern rugby is played. But I think coming back to that, I think every rugby player has that dream, whether you're sitting at a six-year-old rugby level, playing at primary school, playing at high school, at varsity, or even in the world stage. The big dream is scoring that last-minute points to win your country the World Cup. That's 
the dream for every rugby player, regardless of what level you are. Yeah, and I mean, speaking about drop goals, obviously the most iconic drop goal in South African rugby history uh, is that of Joel Stransky in 1995. And who better to ask about their favorite World Cup moment than the man himself? So for me, the one that stands out is, um, it's a very simple one. It's clear as day for me. It is Madiba celebrating behind Francois Pino as he raised the trophy. It's a moment... For us as South Africans, that is absolutely iconic. It was this great man, this great leader, this sensational human being who um, used sport to unite a nation, who guided us through you know, a real period of uncertainty to see him, um, our hero, smiling and enjoying the victory as much as he did was, for me, the one single moment of rugby world cup history that will live forever mike it also then took another 12 years for south africa to lift up uh, the william webb ellis trophy again that was uh, the 15-6 triumph over defending champions england in the final this will obviously be remembered for the kicking brilliance of percy montgomery as we mentioned earlier and Mm. it just uh, you know turned out to be a truly amazing moment for me also don't forget uh franz stein he was the guy who kicked the last penalty to take it to 15 he is incidentally in the world cup squad again this year so maybe he's a lucky charm i mean 12 years between 95 and 07 it's now another 12 years between 07 and 2019 so who knows maybe franz stein is is our lucky charm franz stein if he's if we are getting a penalty just outside of halfway i'm putting my money on (laughs) you know splitting the sticks on that one yeah speaking of 2007 i mean other than percy montgomery and franz stein being flawless from the kicking tee there was also a moment that not many people might remember uh that was jp peterson's tackle on mark quater uh who had his try disallowed it's still one of the most debated decisions. I mean, TMO obviously has been a big part of rugby for a long time. Uh, it was definitely tested to the limit in that game and in that particular incident. But I think in terms of moments that maybe might not get the spotlight that Percy Montgomery or Johnny Wilkinson or Joel Stransky get, I think that went a long way as well into sealing the World Cup trophy. It's moments like that, uh, like we say, those life-saving tackles that we don't necessarily remember. But uh, if you look back uh, in hindsight and really focus on one specific match, these are the kind of times that normally bring up. But it doesn't only necessarily mean that, you know, it's the backline players who normally have the glory days. It's not only your Joel Stranskis, it's not only your Percy Montgomery's or your Johnny Wilkinson's. The forward pack do a lot of work as well. Someone who throughout that whole World Cup was just absolutely immense and especially in that final many people at the time saying that he was man of the match in that final uh, is Victor Matfield and uh, he's been involved in a lot of iconic Springbok moments that 2007 World Cup win as well who better to hear from about iconic moments than someone who actually lived in that moment in 2007. I think 95 of course the final with Nelson Mandela walking onto the Pitch with his number six jersey, greeting the whole team, getting the whole nation at that stage to pull in uh, as one country, one nation. And um, I think that was probably the most special moment in any World Cup for any country. Uh, just the impact sports got in um, 
in a country like South Africa and um, yeah it was very nice to be part of it in 2007 to come back from a World Cup um, having won the World Cup to go through the country and see how many people uh, live you have a positive impact on so um, I think whenever you win the World Cup you've got an opportunity to really have an impact in people's lives. You know Mike listening back to that clip seeing as though you were interviewing Victor Matfield a Rugby World Cup winner I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of envious of you right now. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I couldn't believe it myself. I mean, standing there talking to Victor Matfield, talking to Joel Stransky as well. And you can just see how much it meant to them to win the World Cup. And and the fact that you could see the look in their eyes when they start talking about it, how sort of the memories all come flooding back to them as soon as they start talking about those iconic moments and those iconic games that are so entrenched in South African rugby history was just something that I don't think I will ever forget and clearly something that they have never forgotten as well, being part of those moments. But clearly these performances by these players, whether it be in World Cups, uh, whether it be in Test matches, whatever the case may be outside of the World Cup, it clearly means that it has an impact on the current players. I mean, we look back at uh, players like Elton Yankees. He actually followed the team when it was uh, the Rugby Championship before the 2007 Rugby World Cup and then met them at the airport when they had returned. 2007 Championship team. Um, John Smith led the team in. Well, I, 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 was, I was at school, I was in matric that, day, that year, 2007. Yeah, I was in matric. And um, yeah, I, I actually, before they went to the World Cup, I actually watched their training um, at, at Joburg Stadium when they were prepping for that two weeks. And I could see they were running and how they trained and stuff. And I was just a schoolboy and I was just looking at them. And yes, and, and I could see that that's definitely a championship team and they were well prepared and they were fit. And then obviously uh, when they came back, they won the World Cup. And obviously when I knew when they came and now they all, the school organised me to go to the airport and making sure that I get everybody's signatures. And yeah, that, that's actually when I saw yeah, rugby special and winning a World Cup, it means the world to everyone in South Africa. And, and, and it's something that you'll never forget never be forget, forgotten as a as a player. Spoon Corsi, he is, what, a year younger than the two of us? Uh, <laughs> Which we really were, puts life into perspective yeah, when you think about it. When you think about it, I mean, we were all at the same high school as well. So the fact that we were matriculating and he was in grade 11 uh, shows how, how much of an impact even moments as far back as 1995 had. I mean, you and I were a couple of months old. Spoon Corsi wasn't even born yet. But he still talks about 95 and how much he would have loved to have been part of that team. Yeah, there were so many great moments in so many World Cups. I'll probably go back to the World Cup in 95 because the final, because we won it at home. In Ellis Park, my favorite stadium, I'll probably go back to that team. You know, it's crazy to think that many of these players, uh, whether they be past or present players, tend to generally look back, uh, as well as the public, we tend, we tend to generally look back at the feel-good moments, you, you know, whether it's a last-minute drop goal, it's, it always tends to be where the result ends up in good for the specific team. But, I mean, you look at players like Francois Lowe, who was involved in the 2015 Rugby World Cup, and he seems to have a bit of a different emotion when it comes through to reliving moments. The one moment I'd go back to in any World Cup, in any match, would have to be 2015, the semi-final against New Zealand. Uh, Dan Carter kicking a drop goal. Um, if we could have stopped that, 
just might have won the game. So many moments to look back on with the first World Cup being staged all the way back in 1987 and no doubt there are going to be some standout moments at this year's World Cup as well. Let us know your favorite moments from the Rugby World Cup over the years. Comment below or tweet us using the hashtag EWNBeyondTheTouchline or tweet us at EWNSport. In the next episode, we'll be chatting about the evolution of South African rugby. Beyond the Touchline, brought to you by EWN Sport.